The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everyone. Jim Hackett, Pete Davidson here for the Fantasy Football Podcast arm of the Off Day Podcast. It's Friday, 10-4. This thing will drop tonight or maybe Saturday morning when you're uh, just waking up and playing with your phone. Can't wait to look at fantasy. And we've got some topics for you to talk about. How are you doing, Pete? Hey, bud. All right. So uh, we finally had a good Thursday night uh, football game. Well, actually, we've had two in a row. It's yeah. amazing what happens when you put good, two good teams out there. I fell asleep. Did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I fell I asleep after Gurley's second touchdown. I know. I know it was a one pointer. I know Seattle won, um, and I, I watched. I watched uh, about three quarters of it before. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure when I went down. It's hard to say. I, once Gurley got in the end zone I was for the fighting s- too. I wanted to yeah. watch it. I lock it and go. I had lock it. Uh, that, and Russell Wilson going in a league. So how about so that locket touchdown? Wow, what a catch! Know, well, it was a great catch and all, but the thing about it, that I was amazed by it in that when you watched it in fast motion. It didn't look like there's any way his feet could have been down. Like, it looked like he was already off the ground and going away. It looks like he caught it out of bounds. Well, it, yeah, in it, real in time. That, in that, it, it, his feet. It, it was sort of like an optical illusion. Yeah. But on but the angle they showed it in live action when he caught it, the idea that he would get down after that seemed crazy. Yeah. But what we couldn't see in fast motion was just that tiny little toe tap as he was flying, and it was like just at the very last millisecond that he could have done it. Um, it, it I mean, it, it, from the other angle, it looked like an optical illusion. What a throw and what a catch. I mean, it, re- it really, yeah. you know, it really was the throw more than the, more than the catch. I mean, it was a good catch, um, but it was the impossibility of it from the first angle that made the catch seem so great. Russell Wilson was under duress. He was right. on the, the fly. Yeah, was absurd. It really was. And Russell Wilson does that. Russell Wilson makes throw after throw. Yeah. Like that. I mean, if you watch him, Russell Wilson, if they just let him do in the fourth quarter, you know, in the first, you know, what he does in the fourth, if they allowed him to do it in quarters one through three, he'd be the guy. He'd be 400 yards a game. Yeah, he'd be the quarterback we talk about every week along with, like, Mahomes. But yep. for whatever reason, they want to pound on teams and then let Wilson attack towards the end. It's yeah. the way they want to play. I I would personally open it up a little bit more throughout the game because if you have Russell Wilson, it's really the same thing we were talking about last week, Jim, with um, with Zimmer. On the Vikings, oh. if I mean, if if you have Stephon Diggs and you're not using Stephon Diggs, why have him? What are you doing? Right. And I mean, if, it's one thing if you're using him, if teams are doubling him and 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 bracketing him, and then you're going away from that tactically, that's one thing. But that's not really what's happening. Well, they've got Diggs and Thielen, and they're not throwing to either of them. Yeah, no, no. I mean, Thielen's Thielen's in the slot, so he gets a little bit more of a, a target concentration, and uh, you know, he gets a higher percentage of love. But you're right. I mean, he's he's starving too. Um, you know, but usually when we have situations. Just make sense. I think what you were you were saying is like we've seen situations like this where there's like one alpha receiver and then the team just locks them down. But you really kind of can't do that against Minnesota because they've got a great running game and they've got two alpha guys. So like, what's the well, problem? Minnesota locks them down for you. But yeah, yeah I mean, if 
if Minnesota was of an inclination to play two-handed, I'm not saying be pass-heavy or pass-first. I'm just simply saying play two-handed. Yeah. Um, you know, like that. I'm just I'm using Herman Edwards' old language. Like that used to be his whole thing with the Jets. We're look. We want to play two-handed. We want to play two-handed, but they couldn't. Yeah, they didn't have the Remember talent. The old Shrek Jets. I do. Remember that old yeah, 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 of course. We Shrek. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the truth of the matter is it made sense because those Jets didn't have Thielen and they didn't have Diggs. Right. And, you know, they needed to win ugly. Minnesota wants to win ugly when they could win in a diversified fashion. No question. It's always better. And they got some tight ends, too. You know, Rudolph can still play. They got the young kid, Irv Smith. You know, come on. Use your people. Yeah, I mean, sure, that too. But, I mean, you've got two of the top 20 receivers in the league. And you're basically not, you know, they're hood ornaments on this team. And it would be one thing if they just drafted these guys and didn't really intend to have high-end receivers, but they've cultivated these guys. They've paid them. Use them. Doing? I know. Yeah, So, and, and I think what we said on the air last week, correct me if I got this you know, wrong from memory, but I, I said if Belichick had Steph Diggs. Oh, he'd play him. Could you imagine I mean, yeah. Steph Diggs not being targeted no. with Brady and Belichick? It no, no. So, you know, that's. That's the one good thing about our market. We can just go right to our market to solve these problems. Right, right, right in front of you our know, eyes, like yeah. We've seen like, any time the Patriots have any player that's special offensively, that guy gets used. They go out of their way to use him. Right. W- so, w- without bastardizing everyone else, by the way. Right, exactly. So, and, and that's sort of the point. They don't have to, they don't have to flip the offense into you know, uh, the run and shoot or something like that. You can still be run-based. You can still build everything around Cook. But this idea that you're not using Dalvin, uh, um, Stefan Diggs, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah, and then, and then just about an hour ago, um, so we're, we're we're dropping this in like in the afternoon on Friday. Mike Zimmer, quote unquote, said Friday, you know, regarding Stefan Diggs, I don't know, we'll see. When asked if Diggs is going to play on Sunday, like really, you know why? Because he because he, he didn't practice on Mike Wednesday. Zimmer's an asshole. Yeah, he's sure asshole. sounds like it. He's one of these people who has his way of doing things. He doesn't want to do it any other way. He doesn't like players who don't, you know, give him fealty on stuff like this. Listen, let's not kid ourselves. Mike Zimmer's lost control of this team over the last couple of years. If you, I mean, the, his DBs weren't doing what he told them to do down the stretch two years ago, if you recall. They were, like, running their own I remember that. Out. Yeah, I remember that. So, I, you know, I, Mike Zimmer's a really good defensive coach, a really good defensive coach. And he's a pretty good overall head coach. But he's never going to win anything if he's going to have this attitude. He's too hard-headed. and right. like you know, and, and, It's and obstinate. It is obstinate. And you've got guys, look at the talent he has. You know, I'm looking at your rankings last night, getting ready for Thursday Night Football. And did I see Stefan Diggs as the 25th-ranked guy? That's, yeah, a, that's a crime. That's a step up from 38 last yeah, week. That's a crime. Yeah. This guy should be a wide receiver one. Bo- worst case, some, that, somewhere between 12 and 15. Worst I mean, case. Not, not Listen, but not that our, my fantasy rankings have anything to do with anything or anybody's rankings or where these guys should lie. I mean, that's just fantasy, but they need to be part of what's going on. Yeah. You need to be leveraging your success off of your most talented players, right? No question. So Why are they there otherwise? Right. And now, a a smart person would say, but Pete, they're using digs that way. Yes, absolutely. I'm not suggesting they use digs less. I'm suggesting they they make sure they throw the ball 
a, a fair amount. You need to be balanced. Yeah, just go and, and, go and sixty forty anyway. Over yeah. and over and over and over. It's gonna it's gonna stop. It's you're gonna you're going to get to a point of diminishing returns because teams are gonna start saying, oh, well, forget it. We're just gonna we're gonna single up on these other guys. We're gonna load up because yeah. these guys aren't even looking. And it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt to Alvin Cook eventually too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Teams are going to start loading up to stop them. Yep. And Dalvin Cook is not a guy where you want to encourage tough sledding. He's a guy who's had trouble staying healthy. Right. So what you should be doing is using these incredible receivers you have, and they're incredible. These guys are legit, legit good. Yep. Right. You should be using them to soften the defense up a little bit. I of mean, course. There should be some first down throws. Or just take some long shots too, just to soften them up a little bit. Even if you're incomplete, I mean. It, make, it makes no sense. I, I understand that they've lost faith in Cousins. I think they regret the Cousins thing. Well, what they've done to him has made Cousins uh, second, second guess himself. I mean, he's worse off there than well, he ever was before. I, I don't know why Cousins went so south when he went to the Vikings, because he has. He's not as good as he was before. No, nah, he was sharp with the skins. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, he wasn't great. He was sharp, he was, though. He was okay. Yeah. He was mistake-prone, but he'd, make, he'd have big games, you know? Yeah, well, he could. I mean, he can still do that, but he's making more mistakes than he used to make. And, I, you know, they've got that type of, you know, when everybody is sort of on edge and nobody's really happy about what's going on, it's hard to buy in all the way. Right. You know, and I, I, I know we want players to be like little computers where they just do what they're supposed to do, but they're not. They're human beings. Um, but also, if you're right, you know, if you know, if you're surrounded, like, you know, in, in space balls, I'm surrounded by assholes. Like, if you know you're surrounded by assholes, you might you might act out a little bit. Um, and you know me. I'm more of a conform guy when it comes to sports. I don't like when players open their mouths. But when it's so blatantly obvious, I don't blame them. Yeah. And look, I understand Diggs is sort of maybe got a guy who's tough to deal with. Maybe he is. I don't know. Um, but if that's the case, get rid of him. Right. You know, if that's the case, why is he around? Why is he still on your team? And I didn't hear anybody complaining about Diggs when he was making those amazing plays to win them football games. Yeah, how about uh, last year in the play? You don't have to go too far away to look right. back, you know? So, you know, I, you know, the, the, the rumor stuff, I don't know. And we don't need to spend much more time on this. But it's, I, I just feel like Zimmer acts like he's beyond reproach. Yeah, I agree. That's and well said. His yeah. team's 2-2 two and two at the bottom of their division, and they've clearly got a tactical deficiency. Yep. So... Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to have any sympathy if he ever gets canned. And you get a guy like, you and know. He probably won't. But. You get a guy, and just going back to your rankings for a minute, and you kind of poo-pooed him, but I mean, it's, it's a barometer. And you've got, and, and I agree with you, you've got Jeffrey, Sterling Shepard, and like Hollywood Brown all ahead of him. Those guys shouldn't be ahead of him. Come on, they shouldn't ahead be ahead of him in a real world. You know what I mean? I don't know if, I don't know if those pulled up right now, but okay, I got you. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, to underscore the point, like, I love me some Hollywood Brown, and I like Sterling Shepard, too. You know, and, and Jeffrey had a big game last week, but they, those guys shouldn't be ranked ahead of him in a real world. Come on. What's he doing? Yeah. Well, maybe Jeffrey if he was on the right team. but um, And healthy. But you hear what I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, so much of this stuff is about... It's self-inflicted. Yeah. Well, no, just in terms of rankings, so much of the rankings, it's so not about... And, and this is where people, I think, sometimes get confused. It's about opportunity. It's not about who the best players are. It's, it, you know... So, yeah. You know, we, we've got guys down in the 40s who could easily be in the teens if they were getting the right amount of opportunity. Um, you know what? Let's look at the rankings right now. Let's come up with a good example. You know what? I actually want to Corey that. Davis at 55. 
if Corey Davis is, if you switch Josh Gordon and Corey Davis. Oh, my God. He's a wide receiver one. Josh Gordon goes into the 40s. Yep. And Corey Davis goes into the goes into the teens. Well, just th- by just by switching teams. I couldn't remember because I had a busy morning before we dropped this, and we were kind of pre-gaming. We'll give you a little inside baseball here. And, like, what do you want to talk about? Like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to talk about. But, actually, I do know what I want to talk about. And it's in, I remember it now. It's in, it's in these rankings. And it's what you say in the paragraph that leads into it. So I'm just going to quote it because I think this is a good direction for fantasy football and for today's Which podcast. What are we talking about? I'm going to tell you right now. So in the, in the, <laughs> receiver, in the receiver rankings from yesterday <laughs> – the, uh, oh, no, I know where you're going to go. You're going to Thielen, aren't you? No, no, no. no. Stay, stay here. The, <laughs> did you read Thielen? I did, yeah. It was great. <laughs> the, the, uh, the NFL is changing, and the fantasy landscape at receiver is changing with it. We talk about the dreaded RBBB, RBBC, the running back by committee, all the time, but receiving cores are widening, too. Many teams don't feed their one and two guys like they used to, and the slot receivers are stealing more than ever. And when you get spread out targets, you get spread out production. So the net effect is that we have more offense, but it's spread out amongst more players, and it's harder to pin down. Bingo. And I think at this position at receiver, we're seeing it more than ever. Um, And I think it was really, really insightful, Pete. I I stopped down and read that. I go, that is right on the money. Because when you have to make a lineup decision, you know, all you have to do is go onto Twitter for five minutes of the 1 o'clock games, and people are pulling their hair out about making making what would be a good decision. You know, uh, you know. Well, you know what? Basically, what sort of happened, and this is, look, I'm talking, and we're making really broad brushstrokes. Yeah. Okay, we don't have, you know, some, somebody with data could probably really, you know, put this down to, like, photographical. I like um, nickel psychology, though. Get into it. Yeah, so let's bullshit. Um, but you get to a point now, after the receiver ones are gone, somewhere in the middle of the receiver twos on a lot of weeks, where it's like, holy crap, this feels like flex level stuff. Right. Like, we're in the middle of the twos, and it feels like flex. And the funny thing is, if you drop 30 guys down the rankings, Same it doesn't deal. feel that much different. Right. So it goes forever. Like, if all you want is a flex-level player, you're never going to have trouble finding one, right? Yeah. But, you know, it, it used to be much more defined. The ones were clear. The twos were relatively clear. You know, the wide receiver threes were weaker two receivers. Yep. But now, once you get into the threes, we're looking at slots. We're looking at twos. We're looking at guys who play as a third receiver. They don't even start, you know, but they're heavily targeted, that, which is another thing we're seeing, by the way, are players who don't play that much, but they get targeted a lot. Yeah. And their tight ends, a, a, a lot of the good examples right now are at the tight end position. Um, but, you know, you have to be really careful defining things by snaps because they're starting to – uh, Mark Andrews is a good example. Delaney Walker is a good example. Mm. These, these guys are playing less than 50% of the yeah. snaps. Yeah. But they're getting target loads that match like the second and third level receiver on the team. I had, I, I had. And it's consistent. Yeah. It's not, it's not an anomaly. This is the way it's designed to happen. But you, you wrote this, um, you know, Wednesday night heading into Sunday night football to get the rankings ready for Sunday night football. Now, Tuesday night, just, you know, just a couple nights before, I found myself actually within this paradigm, having this conundrum. I'm looking at one of my leagues on the waiver wire, and it's like, God, I really want the upside guy, like Debo Samuel sitting there. I'm like, that's the guy I really kind of want. But I'm like, to your point in this article, like (laughs) the the 20th guy and the 40th guy, there's not much separation. So am I better going off for the guy who I know is going to get what he gets, like a Cole Beasley, like the floor guy. I'm, I almost think like the world has shifted in fantasy a little bit just suddenly this year where 
the guy with the safer floor is actually getting a little bit more attractive to me, particularly in, in free agency. I don't know what you think of that. Because well, no, it's hard I, to predict I, in terms I of your ranking, your lineups, you know? Well, maybe you're just starting to think the way a lot of us have been thinking now for a couple of years. You know, it's, it's, uh, it happens slower um, with folks who – like I rank players every week, right? Mm-hmm. So this is something I've been doing for a couple of years now where it's like – I mean, I basically – the first thing I do is I use playing time to get rid of, you know, all the players that don't matter. Right. right? So all the guys who aren't getting snaps at all, boom, they don't get ranked. That's easy. Um, but you have to you have to look at targets too. You have to like sit there and put the targets next to the snaps, and and the, and then the other thing you have to do is look at trends. A lot of times you can find trends in the snaps. Um, so the guy played, you know, you'll see a guy played 20%, 30%, 40%. I'm using round numbers, obviously. Yep. But when you see that type of trend and the targets are coming up with the snaps, you're like, okay, well, you know, I mean, you're in the, and you're, like you said, you're in the thick of the buys. You're looking around for a reason to do something, right? You're just looking for someone who gives you a reason yeah. to play him, right? Okay, well, this guy's trending in the right direction. Um, but that's we're sort of left there. We're grasping at straws because we're dealing with so many players who don't have full-time roles. Well, let me give you a tangible example. So we were just talking at the top of the show about Stefan Diggs, okay, who should be uh, you know, at the turn of wide receiver one and wide receiver two, worst case in my opinion, somewhere between like 10 and 15, okay? He, in your rankings this week, is 25. Cole, Be- Cole Beasley is 36. Who do you feel better about? I feel better about Beasley. I really do. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's not a whole. I mean, you can. There's not a big gap between 25 and 36. So, um, look, if you're in a full PPR league and you want to make sure you don't get shut out, you're absolutely better with Beasley. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're if you're playing the best team in your league, um, and you need 25 points, you're better off playing Diggs. Yep. You know, just I mean, yeah, going for it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Because can can Diggs catch a pair of long ones? Absolutely, he can. Even in this crazy screwed up offense they've got yeah. right now, he can do that. Um, you know, and and then the other thing that I'm I'm paying more attention to um, than I used to are matchups. Oh, that, um, yeah, critical. But, but matchups not defined as what defensive backs are playing against my receivers. I mean, that's a factor. But I'm also looking at when I look at a matchup, I'm looking at the two offenses and I'm trying to put them together. And you know that old uh, dead reference society Thornton Mellon line. She was an earth sign, you know. <laughs> I was a water, water sign. sign. Together we made mud. Right. So we want to, we <laughs> want to avoid these types yeah. of teams where one's an earth sign, one's a water sign, and together we, we got mud, and now it's a, a slow track, and it's not going to be a lot of offense. Yeah. It's not going to be a lot of passing. It's not going to be a lot of plays because there's going to be more running, more short passing. And just in case anybody doesn't have the math on this, teams that throw short passes and run a lot, they complete the passes. When you complete a pass, the clock runs. When you run, the clock runs. Mm-hmm. So these offenses shorten the game. They also tend to snap the ball with only a couple seconds left, right? Yeah. Whereas you get a team like the Texans, they throw a lot, and they tend to snap the ball with about 10 plus yeah, seconds. Keep it on moving. The clock. Yep. So at the end of the day, you have more plays. Yeah. <laughs> and when you have more plays, you have more opportunity to score points. Well, that's been so the that's been the Josh. Yeah, that's been the Josh McDaniels Patriots offense for years. You know, if, if some if another team's going to get 55, 60 plays, let's get eighty five. You know what I mean? Kick the pace up. And uh, yeah, well, the Patriots seem to be, the Patriots are tough to define because they will be different week to week. They'll morph. Yeah. What yeah. What, what I'm saying is probably more relevant a couple of years ago because I mean is as recent. No, as, I think it's totally relevant, Jim. I think it's totally relevant. I'm just saying. 
some weeks they will absolutely do exactly what you said. Yeah. And then some weeks they'll be like, yeah, let's take the air out of this thing. Yeah, let me. Or, re- or they'll get so far ahead, they'll be like, now let's take the air out of this thing or whatever. Yeah, re- relevance probably the wrong word, but uh, um, more pronounced a couple years ago when they were really pushing the pace, try to get 80 plus plays. You know, last year, last fall, when they kind of had to morph a little bit and do more, you know, run geared, um, they were able to do it because they're, they're so. Uh, they're so um, uh, flexible, and what's the word I'm looking for? That uh, Patriots, the Patriots the, are not bogged down diverse. in ideology, right? Okay, yeah, and they just want to use Belichick, their best talent. Does Belichick have ideology? Sure, yep. but he's not bogged down in it. In fact, I think he's the kind of guy where he's so in the cutting edge of it that because he sets standards, he doesn't care about them, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Belichick might, I mean, I can sort of see him there at his desk sort of snickering, like, yeah, the book says this, but you know what? I'm going to run. I wrote the book. Yeah, so right. I, got, this, I can change, change this chapter. I right can change now. it. I'll make it a real page turner. <laughs> yeah, no, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Um, so he, I think a lot of coaches, they look at, the, they look at their game plan. They're like on a coloring sheet and there's lines and they're afraid to go outside of those lines because when you're outside the line and things go wrong, the media talks about it, and then you're all of a sudden people are talking about you getting fired and stuff like that. Yeah, look at Jay Gruden. That's going right. to happen Monday, probably. <laughs> go. Gruden's different. Gruden's trying to get fired. He really is. <laughs> I don't have. Do you hear what he said? They were asking yeah. about the quarterback. He's like, I don't have a plan. You don't yeah. have a plan? What are you talking about? I do believe. <laughs> I, don't I don't have, have a plan. plan. I don't, I don't I have think, a plan. I think I don't have a plan is the plan. He said that. Um, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I, I think he basically said, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have a plan. <laughs> well, hey, if if look, dysfunctional organization, right? This is what you completely. Get. Yeah, this is what you get. They he didn't want the quarterback they drafted. How do you draft a quarterback your coach doesn't want? I know. How do you do that? I don't. Know. I happen to like the quarterback. Okay. In fact, um, Gruden doesn't dislike the quarterback. He just wanted a veteran. Yeah. Because he's got a system. He wants to. He doesn't want to do the rookie thing. So. <laughs> well, he's yeah, got a listen. system that they can win. They can win. They can win nine games if they're healthy with a veteran quarterback. Here, you know, and that's where he's happy. You want to draft Dwayne Loser. Haskins? Go ahead and draft Dwayne Haskins. I like Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. But here's the thing: get rid of the coach. Yeah. Put him out of his misery. Put all of yourselves out of your collective misery. Move on. But here's the problem: they don't want to fire Gruden because they don't even know if anybody will work for him. At this point. Well, that's a, and I'm amazed how you know, shout out to the Redskins fans, man. <laughs> They're loyal. <laughs> They're loyal because, like, you know, I when I was, like, in my 20s and 30s and, like, I was, you know, kind of – I was very H-T-T-O. passionate, very loyal. I still am. I don't know that at, you know, my age now, my late 40s, if I'd be, you know, as patient with, with my team. Like, holy Toledo. The Redskins fans have hung in there. So shout out to those guys. Like, you know, they've dealt with a lot. They have a legitimate baboon running that organization, and you just so don't I, know what you're going to get. I assume you have equally positive things to say about the Jack fans. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> hey, if you're going to say something nice about the Jets, it might as well be about the fans. Yeah. You're not going to say it about the team. That's right. Um, although I, I do like – I like the quarterback, and I feel I, – I like some of the weapons, I, too. I, I like Crowder. and him, you yeah. know. I, like, I, I felt bad for Darnold the second we drafted him. You know, yeah, like he doesn't deserve this. He he's a he's a nice boy. He is. He like, deserves a nice girl. You know, he's no, but I mean, he's listen. <laughs> he's he's a, a solid young quarterback prospect. He's worked his ass. He off. is. He's you know he's he really could have been the number one overall pick in that draft. It came probably down to like a coin flip. Him between him and Mayfield, Mayfield, yeah. And you know, so yeah, I feel bad about him going to the Jets. I hope he can be 
that, you know, the Jets aren't like the Patriots. The Jets need that player that can change everything. They need a transformational player. They need, or a transformational figure. I mean, maybe he can be that, but it's pretty tough to be that when you're a young quarterback. Remember, Mayfield, two full years older than Darnold. I remember talking to you about this in 2004 when the Red Sox finally broke through, and, and I remember the conversation, something you said I'll never forget, which is you needed a curse breaker. You, you, need, you had Pedro, you had Ortiz, you had all those guys. You needed Kurt Schilling, you needed a curse breaker. Yeah. And, we, and we got it, and then we got in. Well, yeah, broke Pedro through. is a start. You know, you, you yeah. brought in those guys who are bigger than the game. Yep. You know, Pedro's one of those guys who's bigger than the game. Manny, so is, Poppy. So Poppy. Yeah. Yep. You, you brought in those guys, and, and, and eventually it happened. No, no one of those guys was going to do it. No. You know, you yep. know like, like Schilling came in at a point, correct me if I'm wrong, where it was almost tipping. Oh, they no, they almost, they, they should have beat the, the Yankees. Sort of yeah, pushed it over. They should have beat him in 03. They had him. They had yeah. him on the ropes. They had him. It just right. didn't work out. And then he came in, and the, the, the Ford commercial, shout out to Ford, um, they, they show him coming. He's, he's hitchhiking down the road with, like, his baseball bag. He's like, yeah, well, you had in Boston. I got a curse to break. And then it was off to the races. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> well, and Pedro is, Pedro is it's, it's sort of interesting. And this, is, this might be a little too touchy-feely. But Pedro is sort of like Parcells, where he sort of came in and changed the perception. Like, after Pedro, the Sox, I took them very seriously. Yeah. But it wasn't enough. They needed more. And the, and the, the difference between Pedro and, and Parcells is that Pedro got to stay around yeah. and experience well, what's the eventual, great. What's great about uh, it is his, Pedro's, best, Pedro's best years at that time were just, just right behind him. It was like 99 through 2002. He was still Pedro, but he wasn't like uber Pedro. So the, for Schilling to come in and those guys all kind of come together and have it happen at that point was awesome. Yeah, um, but Pedro know. run game three? Was it game three of the World Series? I can't remember. But I think it was game three. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, I, now he would have been one or two. He would have been the one or two starter there. I'm talking about World Series. Yeah. He would have been the one or two in, in well, the no, World Series. Well, no, but World Series is set up based on where you are in the rotation when you end the pr- Yeah, that's true. I can't so, remember. I'll have to I, 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 My memory says he won game three, but pff, who knows. Could be. Um, anyway, pivot. Hashtag so yeah, dead the reference. audience society. may not know. I'm a huge Pedro fan. Do you remember? Um, we're going to go le- just a little left turn here for a minute. Do you remember when we were both at Shea? And uh, and Pedro was on the Expos in '97. He threw a one hitter at Shea. You remember that game? Yeah. And Vlad Guerrero threw a ball from the right field fence yeah. on like three hops, like to Vlad get the Guerrero's wow. Arm was <laughs> a cannon, an absolute showstopper. Yeah, unbelievable. He would throw a line from the right field yeah. corner to third base. But Pedro threw a no hitter, a one hitter that game. And I remember coming back to Boston, coming home. And and listening to EEI, I was listening to the Big Show, Ordway Show, and Tony Maserati, who's now on the Sports Hub, was a contributor to the Big Show, and he was a he was the predominant Red Sox reporter at the time, <clears throat> beat reporter, and he called in. He's like, the Red Sox just got Pedro Martinez, and it was, I was literally pumping the top of my, I was punching oh, yeah. the roof of my truck. I was so excited. I was calling all my friends. I'm like, dude, this guy's the goods. You're gonna I love him. I was working for a company called Old Colony Envelope, <clears throat> which is a Massachusetts-based company. At yeah, time. I remember um, Old Colony up in uh, Springfield, yep. I believe. Um, near there, Deerfield, Springfield. Yep. Um, and I remember somebody came up to me at the time, and like, because obviously everybody there's a pretty big Sox fan. Oh, yeah. um, and he comes up to me, he's like, "Well, this is this good?" And I'm like, oh, "Dude, oh yeah, you have you have no idea what you guys just did." You just got Bob Gibson. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I I was the guy who'd worked in baseball, right? Yeah. At the time, I just I left also National League to you go know? work for them, right? So like everybody in the office is coming up and like like talk, and we're all talking about it. And I'm like, guys, just. Because they're all like, did we do the right thing? And I'm like, I can't remember what the Sox gave up. Carl Pavano and uh, and Carl Pavano and uh, Brian Rose. Oh God, stole yeah. them. 
So I'm just sort of like, listen, this is going to change everything. Yep. It's, it's going to just change everything. Yep. You just got one of the top two or three pitchers on earth. Like, that's how good yeah. he is. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And he was. Yeah. And at the time, I mean, who Still at the is. time was better than Pedro or, or was considered to be on his list? No, and he had the best. He and, he and Koufax have, like, the, uh, the for like four or five-year window, the absolute well, no, best that, of what they did. I'm talking about going back to the year that the, the Sox got him. I mean, 97. that was, correct me if I'm wrong, that was during Clemens' ebb, wasn't it? He was just like before. Yeah, Clemens was just about to start juicing up and like blowing snot bubbles and the whole thing. With (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so let's. Where were we before we took this? All right, we're talking about how how stupid the Vikings are. We were talking about receivers and just how what what a mishmash it is the way that that offenses are using them. The article I wrote the other day. Yeah. um, Right. Let's let's get into receivers (laughs) while we're. Yeah. Well, I I put out I put out the parallel that like look Diggs you have it ranked at twenty fifth, he's wildly low because of his the way he's being used and Beasley's thirty six. Yeah, no, no. Kind of talking about that. the floor guys, I'm, you know I'm what I mean? Back with you. Yeah. Um. So so what are you saying? You want to talk about whatever? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, this week for the main slate, a lot of one o'clock games this week, dude. I mean. Is there a four o'clock game? Like two, two four o'clock games. Is that it? There's two, two two four o'clock two four o'clock games. Wow, easy for me to say. That's crazy. Two four o'clock games, and one of them is Broncos Chargers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, NFL? Yeah. Really? You got the, um, the Chargers are a good team. They just don't have anyone playing, and the and the Broncos right, with so Flacco are just pathetic. It, now Houston plays in a dome, right? Yeah. So what's the rationale for not having Falcons Houston at four? I don't know. Like, what's the rationale? I don't know. It do, I mean, is it me? No, it's, it, it's them, right? Yeah, Houston's <laughs> Houston's west enough that you know, you right. could you know you I, I could mean, have it at four. Where this thing starts in terms is, of time zones, it, it bears at Oakland, and that's in London. Yeah, I think that's where we lost a game in the afternoon. Yeah, but I mean, I saw the ones. I'm like, geez, a lot of one o'clock games. They get your get your lineups ready. But I mean, what, like, what, if you're the, like, what is the, I understand, I th- in fact, I think it's great when they load up on one o'clock games when you get into, like, December. Right. Like, making the Patriots play at four whatever on December It's dark, it's cold, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's stupid. Yep. Those should always be one o'clock games. But. Yeah, in a dome. October. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. Why would you want all the action at one? I think, I, I don't know, maybe. Maybe I'm different than the average fan, but I feel more locked in for the fours than the ones. No doubt. The only thing the only thing that having a bunch of ones helps Family you with is is the information. They're like last week we all got punked with oh, no, no, Chris no. Godwin. For fantasy, you I'm talking I mean? about just watching football. Like, I feel like the average person. Like, oh, I'd rather watch it. I'd rather like you know. But you know what I mean? Like you're a guy. You're married on on Sunday. You got stuff to do. Right. You may not make it into your saddle for right. the one o'clock games. Yeah, no. I'd, I'd much I'd much rather be able to like do stuff with the family. Maybe. You know, do a little yard work and gear up for a 4 o'clock game. Perfect. You know what I mean? Right. I mean you, you put your time in. Right. Truth on the table here. I watch 1 o'clock to 7. I take no break. I don't miss a minute. Yeah. I'm not talking about me, but I'm just like the general fan. I yeah. Think 4 o'clock is sort of the nesting time. It's perfect. You know? I don't know. Even your wife wants to nest at that time. It's like, hey, let's watch <laughs> the game. You know what I mean? It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> My wife is watching football. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe what their, their thought process was is we've got Green Bay, Dallas. Who cares? Everybody want to watch Green Bay Dallas. That might be it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
I, I definitely want to watch it, but like you know, it's. I'd rather watch a game that I'm more interested in, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, how many times do I have to watch Aaron Rodgers play? I know. I love him, but I know. Do you know how many times I've oh. I've watched Aaron Rodgers play football? Almost, it's almost like I'm a Packers fan. Yeah, it's a, you're a season ticket holder for the Packers. He's on so much. I agree. Yeah, for yeah. me too. Yeah. Um, the the and other Zeke thing as well. I mean, I yeah. love Zeke, but the other thing I was going to say, Pete, is like, what what an odd twist of fate. Like one week, you know, removed is that last week we all got punked on Chris Godwin. With the Buccaneers, uh, you know what I mean? Well, we didn't all get punked, but a couple. Of they made it hard though, because like you know, the well, they made it really hard. Yeah. <laughs> See, here's did you did you read what I wrote about? <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, well, you used the word punked, so I'm thinking you did. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, dude, Tampa Bay lied to us. It, absolutely, I mean, they flat out lied. Yep. Um, because. <laughs> I mean, well, let's put it this way: that that must have been one hell of a pregame warmup. Because how many times did they talk about Godwin him? He, was the game yeah, plan? Yeah, no question. And I'm no, I don't mean that he played every snap and that he got targeted. <clears throat> they were throwing screens to him in the red zone. Oh well, yeah. They were running reverses to him. Yep. They were setting him up to be in tackle breaking yeah. situations. So th- there's no way they were worried about that guy in an injury. No. On an injury level, there is no. Way. I felt so we bad. Got I felt so bad because Nick Stevens from the morning show, like he texted me. He's like, "Dude, what would you do?" I feel like I'm in a pickle, and he gave me an option. I'm like, "I go, dude, it's really tough with Godwin." You know, I'm like, "If you have a a, a a good backup plan, like you can do that." But he had like Flash Gordon, and he had another guy. I'm like, "Safe bets the one o'clocks, and then go figure." Godwin puts up like 90 points, or whatever he did. I'm like, "Dude, I'm sorry." He but... was he was a legitimate. Listen, yeah. Listen, I I listen. If if I told you not to play Godwin last week, I'm not apologizing for it. Because that was the information we were getting. Right. I, I, yeah. mean, I mean, listen, we were really clear. We want to play Chris Godwin. It's yep. not like we don't want to play him. But you, if they're sitting there telling you the guy is a game-time decision and he hasn't really practiced all week, what are you going to do? Yep. And it's a 4 o'clock start. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Did we go through a lot of... I don't remember telling anybody not to play Godwin specifically. We had a couple texts during the show, and it was like it was like just like you know, it was it was more like this or that. Like it was like Godwin yeah. or you so know, yeah, if somebody called up and said they had Jeffrey and Godwin. You got to play Jeffrey. Yeah, Godwin or Tyler Lockett. It's like you play Lockett because yeah, you don't well, know, play, well, right? Yeah, play Lockett for sure. Right. I mean, hey, look, fantasy football is cruel. <laughs> but it's not it's not Jim's fault and it's not my It's not getting easier either. It's like, you know. No, and listen, it, it, you're 100% right. It's going to get harder. It is getting because harder. Because NFL teams are messing around. They are messing around. They're giving incomplete reports. Everybody's acting like Belichick now. Yep. And which means we're guessing. All the and time. There's nothing, and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Unless the NFL makes these teams actually do what they used to do, which was give the actual injury. Yep. If you go, if you go look at Kansas City over the last two weeks, what did they say about Damian Williams? Nothing. Uh, not a word. Knee. Yep. That's it. Knee. Yeah. Not ACL. Not meniscus. Yep. Not bone bruise. Yep. Not patella tendonitis. You know, nothing specific. Knee. Out. That's and, it. Yeah, and then and then when you're watching the game, like Thursday last Thursday night, with Devontae Adams is just going off, and then the next thing you know, you're just looking at him on the sideline and like, uh. Yeah, he mashed a toe. Yeah, but I'm like, can, can they like, said he couldn't walk on it after the game. I'm like, I've never ever wanted to hear from a sideline reporter in my entire life until that moment. I'm like, can so I get you something had Adams going somewhere? What's that? You had Adams going somewhere. Had him in Beantown Brawl, yeah, which was oh, he. He, yeah, you know, I won, and he, he got a great performance. But it could have been even better if he stayed on. But I'm like, can someone give me some information here? And you just couldn't get it. 
Yeah. And it's not the TV network's fault. It's, well, uh, it's not actionable at that point anyway. No, I mean, just to, just to know, though. You know what I mean? But just to underscore your point <laughs> in a different way. No. Yeah. <laughs> why am I not being happy right now? <laughs> Give me something. Can someone tell me why I'm not being happy right now? Give me right something. Now? Speaking of not being happy, <laughs> you, you have... And, you know, I, I, I understand it, and you ha- it's the way you have to operate. When you put, you put your, like, you know, your mind about players out on display for everyone to see, but you, know, you are a pain in the ass in, the, in free agency because you're, you're always an effing dollar more than me. But I'm like, I, I wanted that guy. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about my content. Like, <laughs> no, what, I, no. I, I, no, in free agency, it's like it, whatever it my max bid is, you're always a dollar higher. Or I'm like, God, she whiz. You know what I mean? So he did it again. Oh, did I? I took a guy from you? Auden Tate. I had because I got Ross, and I was like, I really want that guy. Uh, and you, I had 34 bucks left. I went all in on him, and <laughs> 35. There you go. Thanks. You know what's lame about that? <laughs> uh, you don't even want to know. But I mean, I basically I, I put 35 on two players and flipped a coin on which one. Oh, jeez, it happened to me three like, weeks in a row. Uh, if the coin had been heads, you would have gotten your guy. Oh man, it happened to me so many times this week. I was like, I woke up Wednesday morning and went to my phone to like look. I'm like, oh god, I hope I. I'm like, oh, punked, lost, no, nope, missed that one. And I'm like, damn it. I had like, <laughs> yeah, you know I, me. I, I usually spend all my money early, and I've got a, t- a lot of money in a lot of leagues that we playing still so yeah and, and that's and folks when jim says that understand jim plays in leagues where large yeah they're big leagues and yeah. when there's a good player on the wire you might as well be aggressive because yep. next week there might be nothing right um, yeah it's, li- it's, literally yeah when you play in short benches even when studs are on the wire you have to sort of sit there and go okay i can't use everything right um so you know some leagues are different when it comes to how you allocate fab um, Jim and I are both very aggressive bidders. Oh yeah, um, because I'd rather get it and worry about the money later. Me too, because you can always make you can always make low bids. Doing one dollar and zero yeah. bidding. So. Yeah, me too. If you're if you're quick on it and you're spending a lot of time on your on your on your fantasy football league websites, you can grab those. It's like oh, this guy got hurt. I'll put in that guy and just go get him. So. I think the the smart thing to do is to go all in as early as you can. I'm not sure, I don't understand what you just said. But. Meaning, if you spend a lot of time on it, and then news pops, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this guy's got a hammy, and go get his handcuff or whatever. Like, we've we've made a li- good living doing that. You know what I mean? In our leagues, just being a shark, you know, with the zero and one dollar picks as the season progresses. I guess so. I mean, it's pretty rare in our leagues where I can just run to the wire and grab a handcuff. But um, you hear what yeah, I'm saying? Though. Like, like saying. the late Friday night, I'm just I'm doing nothing but looking at. My team, and then something right, pops. I'm right. like, oh, I'll get him. You know what I mean? You stop making that sound. <laughs> don't like that. How about Not really. <laughs> Even less. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you and I play in a lot of leagues where we have to, like, bid and wait. Yep. So it's a little different. Yeah. Um, in the Intercom League here, you can go. It's a, It's like the wild, wild west, and it's a. Right. It's like a, those short bench yeah. leagues that are free pickup after initial waiver. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was like it's J- literally like you have to sit there and scour. Them. Yeah, I, it took me forever the other night. There was like Debo Samuel. There was Jalen Samuels. There was all. I'm like, oh man, there's all these guys. Jalen. Yeah. Jalen's the one you want. Well, yeah, I, I took them both, but actually, I got both. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. There you go. Um, but uh, I also, you know, I was, I was, I'm like, I kind of want to get Beasley on that team because again, back to that point, I, I know what I'm going to get. At least I know what I'm going to get more than I do with like the high upside guy. You know what I mean? It's well, it's a, it's a tough. I mean, again, Beasley. It's important to qualify. To full work. PPR. Yeah, well, that that is a full PPR league. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, in, you know, so I don't want to play Cole Beasley in you know, like, like standard the, the tuna league. Yeah, um, which is the standard scoring league. Um, but in a league where I'm getting points for every catch, yeah, like I really feel good about like a four or five catch floor with him right now. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, and you know, be, 
oops, sorry about that. Hit the mic. Um, b because he is, you know, a, a, he is sort of a big play guy. Even though he's a tiny little slot, he can make big plays. And because his quarterback is so aggressive. Um, yeah, he can put him in a position to get yak. Yeah, I mean, I didn't put this together in August. I, this is something I put together watching early season film. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, A, Beasley was a smart pickup for them. Yes. Credit. Uh, B, it just works. And I'm interested to see what's going to happen over the like, – like, it wouldn't surprise me if – like, right now you and I and maybe a couple other people, we're really the only people talking about Cole Beasley. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he became a little bit of a buzz guy. Yeah. If they can keep developing some things with him, if they can get some vertical stuff going too. Um, but the thing that I love about it, the thing that just works so well, is that Allen, <laughs> I mean, he's he's not tall. He's way He's a tall, giant. Right? He's like 6'7". Um, yeah, he's, like he's like a defensive end. Well, and there's been a trend in media and people who talk about football to talk about tall quarterbacks. Like, ah, being tall is not a big deal. Ah, being small is no big deal. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. Just because we're willing to look at small quarterbacks with an open mind doesn't mean it's not hard to be a small quarterback. Yep. Right? Like, Russell Wilson's exceptional. That's why he can play small. Yep. Drew Brees is exceptional. That's why he can play small. Right? So, like, that's who you need to be to be a 5'11", 6'4 quarterback. You, you know, you, you have to be exceptional. Yep. But when you are 6'7", and you can just, without, like, if, if you watch Breeze in the pocket, you actually see him. He doesn't ever come off his tiptoes. Yeah, right. No, he does. He's like a he, back there. Yeah, he's like I mean a, it literally. Yeah, he's like an, he, he literally looks like, um. Yeah, he like he's like on, he's like on a stepladder. I've seen he's that many he's times. To keep his chin above the water. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's true. So, and that's not some style thing. That's him trying to be taller, literally. Sure. Okay. Um, so Alan is given this gift right from the get go. So he's just standing there, seeing over the line. Now Beasley, what's the normal problem with him? Eye contact with his quarterback, right? Because he's a tiny slot, works the middle of the field. Yep. And he never played with real tall quarterbacks before either. Dak, Romo. I mean, these guys aren't small, but 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 they're not giants. They're not giants, right? So now all of a sudden he's got like line of sight with his quarterback, and he's a guy. The one thing about Cole Beasley, you can say what you want about him, but he uncovers effortlessly. Just he uncovers effortlessly. Gets he open. Gets, yeah. He gets open. It's scary how easy he does it. Yeah. So now you have a, a quarterback where he can have a visual connection with a guy who can uncover and snap. And now think about Josh Allen, right? This is a guy who played all his college years with quarterbacks, who, with excuse me, with receivers, where it was like a Velcro connection to the defensive back, right? Yeah, yeah. He had no separation in college. It was the one thing you saw in his film. This guy's thrown to covered receivers all the time. Hmm. So this is such an interesting thing for Allen. He's never had a guy like this. And, and I, I, you know, you and I spoke about this when we did his rookie stuff. But how weird is it for any quarterback to go – from college to the pros, and have more separation. Yeah, that's it's normally the that, dead opposite. Yeah, right? yeah, you can't think of something more rare. It it really <clears throat> is. So it's an interesting paradigm, just all the way around. It's interesting, um, and I'm I I have a feeling that they're going to continue to sort of like right now they're at that level. It's like, hey, this works. This is good, but soon they're going to be the at the well. What else can we do? Level. Uh, but I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, one thing I've, I've mentioned that, uh, and uh, the first time 
you said, hmm. The second time, you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. And so I want to clarify why I see what I see with Josh Allen. I've, I've, I've referenced him, of him reminding me of a young Steve Grogan. And what I mean by that is in 1976, Grogan was a running back, literally a running back. And when he threw, he threw long. And when he lo- threw long and he hit, he hit big. And when he threw long and he missed, he missed big. And he made questionable decisions, particularly down the field. And that's exactly right. what Allen is. You know what I mean? Exactly uh, what he is. Yeah, I don't think that's true, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I don't agree with you. I don't think. What I do you see that's different? I, I just don't see them being the same player at all. I just don't see it. Would you agree with but those? I, I'm not, those I'm not points. saying that you're wrong and I'm right. I'm yeah. just saying I don't see it. Yeah, that's I, what I see. That's what I see. I'm yeah. going to send you the YouTube of the 1976 Patriots for your enjoyment. You, you can watch with your whiskey. To, you don't need to show me and, anything about and you, Steve Grogan. And you, <laughs> I, I can close my eyes and watch Steve Grogan play football. Drop, <laughs> drop 50 on the Jets and the, oh, baby. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I mean, but Steve Grogan is like a nightmare player for me. He used to absolutely crush He lit game. up the Jets. Yeah, he lit up the Jets. Absolutely killed the Jets. Grogan was an interesting – well, here's the thing about Grogan that's – I, I, I get what your comparison is. They're raw quarterbacks with big arms. I, I get it. And they were um, mobile. They were mobile. Yeah, mobile. And, I, I mean, and, and not great decision makers early in their we, career. But I, I don't know about the decision making part with Allen. I, I don't think it's it's not decision making so much with him. I think I think he gets sort of a bad rap on the decision making. Well, maybe the end result is the same. Yeah. You, no. I you think his I mean? problem is that he's not accurate. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. inaccurate. Yeah. Um, Steve Grogan. My recollection wasn't so much that he was inaccurate; it's that he just didn't like he he didn't know how to take anything off it. He wanted, of yeah, he wanted to force it to Stanley Morgan and Daryl Stingley, God rest his soul, and Harold Jackson when he had it. He, he wanted to force it, and Russ Francis. The ball took fingers with. One of the things that hurt Steve Grogan early in his career was losing Russ Francis. That that was because yeah, that guy was all. Oh, Francis was all world. He was, and 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 he made Grogan more accurate, and he. Like he, his ability to frame a ball what that was Grogan's m- first year, like 75? 70, 75. He, he, he replaced Plunkett end of the year in 75, and 76 was his first full year. Okay. And he lit it up, and so he had a great year in 76. But like right. Russ Francis's ability to kind of frame up a pass that might have been a little. interceptions were crazy, but. But he, he had a lot of touchdowns. to Grogan, interceptions were much more prevalent. Oh, yeah. Well, because they threw down the field all the time, like, you know, kind of recklessly. Well, you know I, what I mean? I don't think it's about throwing down the f- – I mean, yes, but I think it's more about just, A, they beat the living heck out of quarterbacks back then. It was harder to play quarterback. Yep. Uh, they were B, throwing for their lives, too. They're still in the, they're still in the early stages of route design. Yep. Um, they've gotten better at it. And, and then, you know, see, they used to let the – uh, DBs beat the heck out of the receivers. That's true too. Yeah, <laughs> you know they yeah. used to wear stick them and you know all that yeah. stuff. So it, it, the defense just had it better back then. You know. Oh, they did, and they, yeah. they, they, they absolutely yeah. just abuse. So uh, like uh, Grogan, quarterbacks and receivers. Uh, I'm actually looking at his stats now, and yeah, this is. I mean, if you look at it in today's lens, this is really ugly stuff. Yeah, he had like 28,000 plus yards, if I remember correctly. The touchdowns and interceptions are pretty close. I think it the takes compl- him until 1982 yeah. to have his second season where there's more touchdowns. Touchdown than picks. picks, yeah. Because he's 11 to 18, 18 to 20, 17 to 21, 15 yeah. to 23. Yeah. Then he's 28 to 20 in 1979. Yeah. Looking good. Yeah. He was um, running less then. In the early years. Back 18, 22, 7, 16, yeah. 7, 4. Yeah. Uh, but then in 83, 15, 12. Yeah. 
But, Nine two in eighty six. But if you look at that, nah, that was that was he was great that year. But if you, if you yeah. if you um, look at seventy six, I I could be wrong, but I think it's thirteen rushing touchdowns in nineteen seventy six. Yeah, I think it's thirteen rushing touchdowns. Um, if I remember correctly, that's a huge number. Yeah, he 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 had the single season um, quarterback rushing record in the NFL until Steve Young broke it. You know, so he had it for a long time. I think either Steve Young or Michael Vick yeah, broke right. it. Well, not right, but you're basically right. Twelve touchdowns. Twelve touchdowns. Yeah, I knew it was a yeah. big number. Yeah. Not so, much yardage, so he's basically just like running for touchdowns. Yeah, yeah he, but he was he was scrambling, and you know he was he was a, a blast to watch. As a little kid, like I was like, wow. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know, let's 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 give you the Grogan thing. All right. I think I think, I think if we if we if if we adjust for era. Yep. Uh, we'll give it to you. I just my thing is Grogan just isn't the thing about Allen is he's a Hulk. No, look at Allen. Uh, oh, physically it's different. Uh, Grogan right, was a string bean. Yeah, right. I don't mean physically. Sort of my, yeah, that's my thing. It's yeah. just that Josh Allen is his quickness just doesn't make sense at two hundred and forty pounds. Mm. It just you know what I mean. Like, yeah. did now you he's see a, the touchdown he scored on the Jets? Yeah. I mean, now he's a freak. <laughs> yeah. I, he's fun to watch. Yeah. I think he's good for the game. I, I, you know, I don't know whether he's going to sort of become good or whether he's just going to continue to be this kind of baby Huey. He needs thing. to be on Grogan's Heroes, although Lickstein has him. So you know, can <laughs> we have a trade embargo with him? So we can't. <laughs> I can't sure. get him. He's going to have to release him. Yeah, I mean, he's. I I don't know how much Grogan weighed. I guess I could look it up. It was you know what? If I had to guess, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say like six four, like two oh five, six four, yeah. two. Right. So that's sort of what I'm getting at. It's, this lanky, like thirty pounds. Yeah. No, I don't mean physical. I don't mean like physical stature, right. but physical a, a play. You know the the kind of way they played. Um, Josh Allen. The I've seen him do things to linebackers that Derrick Henry does to linebackers. You know. Yeah. No, he's I've a jackhammer. Truck defensive players. Yeah. Um, it's. You know, it's, you you're going to get this because you and I had the conversation on this show. But um, it's nice to see the NFL having this sort of happen, where there's different types of quarterbacks. Yeah, I like it. I mean, the quarterback play overall stinks, and we're not liking that. But it's nice having a guy like Lamar Jackson and a guy like Josh Allen. Yeah, there's some variety. And you still got the classic pocket guys like Rivers and Brady. Yeah. Um, and and Rogers. So it's yep. It's cool. All right, cool. Well, we should probably wrap it up and uh, and then gear up for the fantasy football hour Sunday at eight a, eight a.m. We'll be ready to go um, and get our. If you want to get some questions in advance of the show, you can do that too. You can hit Pete <clears throat> at at Rotobon on Twitter. You can hit me at at Wei Hacksaw. Thanks for all the new followers following my uh, Patriots Need a Receiver article. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll hit you on Sunday. Anything else you want to hit before we wrap it up? Yeah. Um, let's let's. Let's hit. We, we didn't even talk about running backs. Um, we did not. Let's. let's we, get, we only get about like five minutes. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can do a lot in five minutes. Let's hit, let's just hit a couple guys that I like in terms of like my lineup builds this week. All right. Um, I've got Cook as number one. Yeah, I would agree. But we talked at the beginning of the show. What you know, the one thing they are committed to is him. So I don't know if it helps him or hurts him, but he's going to get the volume and he's done a lot yeah, with it. You know, it's it's about <laughs> that for sure, and then it's about the Giants. Um, they stink. I just don't see them being organized enough on defense. They don't even try on defense anymore. <laughs> Which, by the way, the Redskins are going to get rolled by the Patriots on Sunday. Speaking of the defense, oh my god! I mean, I mean the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots' early season schedule is just like it. It doesn't really acquit itself with real football. 
No. They're too good. Look at the Patriots. Too good for these. The teams. Patriots defense might be the best scorer in fantasy football, oh, other than right La- other than Lamar Jackson. If you look at the, if you look at the quality of their defense combined with the teams they're playing, it's just wrong. Yeah, it's like I think it's Lamar. It's it's Mahomes. It's Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, and the Patriots defense are the three best <laughs> fantasy know, football players. Like the Patriots are good. Yeah. All respect to the Patriots, but let's be honest. So far, you've had yeah the Dolphins, the Jets, the the Bills with Matt Barkley and <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, so, and and Pittsburgh looking and horrible opening night. And you're about to play the freaking. It's great. A team that the coach and the GM and the owner don't like each other, don't get along, and are trying yeah. to figure out how to fire each other. And then after that, it's and Jets, the Giants, Giants. And the Jets yeah, again. it's awesome. <laughs> It'd be seven and zero. Just don't play a real team till week nine. Yeah, it's true. And then they get a nice little vacation for the bye. I think week eleven. Did, <laughs> Is there anything that like we look forward to in the Patriots schedule? Like KC Week 14. No, I think uh, Pat's Houston, Ravens is it? Pat's Ravens will be you know, with yeah, Lamar Dallas Jackson. Will be good. Maybe the Browns, Baker Mayfield. Super Bowl rematch. Pat's good. Dallas could be a Super Bowl if, preview. If, if Cleveland gets their act together, it'll be good. Yeah, but Pat's Dallas. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, Pat's Dallas. Yep. Good. That's okay. A, so we just you know another five or six weeks and things will get good. Yep. Um, okay. So yeah, Cook for me is big this week. I'm going to want to get him in a lot of lineups. Probably cash too. I like Zeke. I don't know if I can go cash with Zeke. Mm. Just because Green Bay's defense is pretty good. Good and enough. Mix, Mixon's the other guy I really like. Yeah. Well, he's due. Well, he's due and, like, and they, he's at home, but Arizona is going to just push the tempo. Yeah. And then when you look at Cincinnati, what are they going to do? They haven't better throw to. No Green, no Ross. They've got, you and me are bidding money on Auden Tate. That's, yeah. That, that tells us all we need to know. Yeah. About Cincinnati, so they're going to. Th- I mean, they'll target Tyler Boyd fifteen times. Yep. They'll probably target Tate ten times. Eifert. Eifert, if they can get him down the field, he'll get targets. Yep. But I mean, I'm thinking Mixon has to get targets too. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Feels like a good Mixon day. Yeah, and this defense is not good. So Mixon at 6,100 units, and I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him. Mm. And then, and then you know what the other the other thing we need to look at Connor practiced today, which bummed me out. Yeah, I know. I was hoping Sam, I just picked up Samuels on the waiver wire, and I'm like, ooh, he might get oh, all the juice. I, I'm telling you right now, he moves up into my top twelve guys this week. If yeah, that was fun Monday night watching. They were doing a lot of different things with him. Yeah, the one thing I thought that was interesting is they had ten plays together. Yeah, ten. Yeah, if they can get that up to say twenty, mm. then both guys could retain some value. Yeah, and it, it could be fun. Yeah. Um, so Samuel's at 4,100 if, for some reason, Connor isn't active. Yep. And, and you know what's, you know what's brutal? Tevin Coleman comes back. This uh, I know. That's mud stew. That's oh, running back stew bit. there in a big I, mean, yeah. I don't think it'll be a four-man rotation. I think it actually will clarify things in some ways. Yeah, I hope not. I, 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 mean, I, I hope think it... it'll end up being Breida Coleman. Coleman gets the goal line. Yeah. That's my guess. Mm. We'll have to yeah, it, that's a tough yeah. one. I mean, they got four guys there. Jeff Wilson's even in the mix. You know, Mostert's in the mix. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, Mick, Wilson, for whatever reason, gets the goal line. I know. What is up with that? I don't know what. I mean, just a classic vulture. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. Um, you know, one I really wish I wish. I know we can't control when our guys get good matchups, but I wish Ronald Jones had a good matchup this week. Yeah, you know, you got you finally getting. Some yeah, money. I enjoyed listening to the waiver pod and what you had to say about him. It was, um, I think He's you're right on the money. Example, Jim, of that thing we go through. Of do I take the guy who's the shiny object this week? Yeah, or the guy we think could have value the whole way. Right. Yeah, and Jones is a guy where 
it takes patience to gut it out because you can't start him and expect good things yet. Yeah, he's a, he, he, exactly. He, he's a heartbreaker because he's going to show you, he's going to frustrate you. You know, he's going to be one of those up and down guys. But if it happens, it could happen in a big way. Right. I mean, that's the thing we need to remember about Ronald Jones is it, it, I think the name Ronald Jones almost devalues him at this point. Mm. So when, when you say Ronald Jones, it might be better to instead say Bruce Arians, best running back. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you know, just yeah. to say that instead. Yeah. Um, because, you look, you know what the funny thing about this player is? And let's, we'll wrap it up right now. But the last thing we'll say is Jones is an interesting player because he's that guy we, we always used to say if he could just get healthy, if yeah. he could just get in a good scheme. If he could just do this, just do now that. Now he's healthy and in a good scheme and nobody wants him. I know. So it's yeah. funny. It's interesting. All right, so uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. I think I had some fun doing it. I'm sure you did too, Pete. And we'll be back on uh, Sunday for the Fantasy Football Hour, 8 a.m. live. Don't miss it.